There's this thing that I believe the Lord is doing in houses of worship in this hour. And my prayer is that our hearts are willing to receive what he wants to do in us. Because there's a specific call on every church, every ministry on the planet to minister exactly what he wants to say in that moment. And there's a specific call and anointing on a house. And we pray for revival. We want to see revival. But more than that, yes, revival in our region, that would be amazing. But more than that, we want to see revival in ourselves. And as he's ministering to people laying on the floor and all around the room already, our prayer as a team, as a leadership team, as a staff has been that this would be a place where he could come and his manifest glory, his manifest presence would rest in this place among our people. And that when we leave this house, when we walk out of the doors of this place, yes, this is a sacred place. I believe that the Lord is here and we welcome him here and we're cultivating a, a, a house of, of worship that is different than many. And I believe that as we walk out of the doors of this house, that as we sit in his presence and as we walk in his presence and as we allow his presence to overwhelm us, that others will be drawn to him. That's our prayer. That's, that's what we pray over you. When we get our list and we pray down through our list, that's what we're praying, that, that the Holy Spirit would arrest you in a moment and change everything about who you are, that, that there would be one thing, not a million things, that there would be one thing. And our passion, my passion, is that this would be the most attractive thing that you've ever encountered. That meeting him in the quiet space or meeting him in, in a loud, noisy room, but you're meeting him, that that would be so drawing to your soul. Your spirit, if you're born again, is one with him all the time. It's perfect. So one-third of you is perfect today. So you can put your elbow in the one next to you. One-third of me is perfect today. One-third of you is in full communication, 100% pure communication with heaven. And yet we struggle with the other stuff. Amen? We struggle with the other stuff. And, and our prayer, and, and my prayer over you as a house in this place, is that the other two-thirds of us aren't our distraction, but they become our asset. So the things of this world don't become a distraction from the one, that it becomes an asset so that we can take the kingdom of heaven that we're we're being ministered to all the time from the Father and we can take that and say, in this situation, the kingdom of heaven is going to reign supreme. And we're going to legislate the kingdom of heaven not because we know it's right in the word, but because it's a heart posture that we carry that influences those that are around us. And so the topic today is about how can we be fruitful in the midst of trials? How can we be fruitful, as we've been talking about, in the midst of the deck is stacked against you? How can we win? And, and I want to share with you that seeking after this being a house of worship is not anything that we can give mental assent to. It's not something you can think about and it happens. We can't just say good things and, and God's just going to rest upon us as individuals. He, he is searching the earth for the heart of a house that is focused on him 
to come and sit down and rest and change and transform and to move. That's what he wants. But it happens because one person or two people or five people or 25 people get that in their heart and they turn their heart toward the king and then he says listen there's a hunger in that place there when last Sunday night when when we walked in here of course we don't do Sunday nights often um, and uh, who knows what we'll do in the future Um, but I asked my uncle to come and share about Israel and you know a large number of people came um, more than what we had thought but one thing that it showed me is that when the kingdom of heaven is presented in a way that, that allows people to buy in, then some of the things that we thrive on in the flesh start to fall off and we become hungry for the kingdom. And so for those of you who are here, I, I pray that, that you have opened the scriptures and been kissed by the king. And for those of you who haven't received that impartation this morning, that when we, when we set ourselves up to hear from the king, he always speaks. And there's so many things that we want to have quickly. We were just talking about it in the prayer room. There's so many things that we want to manifest in our lives quickly. Am I the only one? Like, sometimes I feel like I'm miles ahead of the Lord, you know? And then, which I probably am. And then, and then bang, it hits, but I wanted that a while ago. You're laughing, so obviously you're, you're with me on that. But there's some things that you just can't have your hands laid on you, and you get that impartation. There are some that are, and, and I believe that it's a test of the Lord of who we are inside, because we can display who we are in our minds, because we can make a picture of who we want to be, and we can walk in that but there's this other thing that is going on, I believe, in the house of the Lord is that there are things that come against us and things that we, we see in the natural that are, that are slowing us down because we're attacking it with the mental picture of who we are. Maybe it's your title. Maybe it's your position. Maybe, whatever it is, you're attacking the thing that's coming against you with the earthly realm in mind. And so we're actually boxing out the Lord in that. So... Stephen, you could come up here, I don't want you to, but you could come up here and I could lay hands on you and you could turn around and go to your job this week and you could lay hands on somebody and it doesn't come from me, it comes from him. Let's get that straight. It doesn't come from me, but there's an anointing for healing that gets imparted to you. You can go out and lay hands on the sick. You could go to the funeral home and and raise somebody from the dead if the Lord told you to. You all could do that because that's a part of what comes with salvation because he paid for all of it and then he sat down, which means he's done. He's not doing any more. That's for us. Okay, so you could go do that. But here's the key to this, I believe. That when you go and you lay hands and someone gets healed, that's your test. Is this mental assent to what you're doing or is your heart in position with what the Lord wants to do? And do you believe it's you? Because if you believe it's you, then you've taken him out of the equation and his hand comes off. And so in this hour, I believe he wants to lay hands on the church. He wants to impart things to the church. But there's some things that I can't lay hands on you, Stephen, and impart to you. There's just some things that have to come through you experiencing the Lord, you walking with the Lord, 
and being faithful with what he's called you to do and you build up this foundation to hold truth and so there's i i believe we're in this pinnacle moment this build-up of the lord laying his hands on houses and laying his hands on people and i don't believe it's just so that his kingdom is made manifest i do believe that's part of it but i think the other part is he's testing the house he's testing the people to see if there is a structure that he can actually come and lay his presence on so that it can change the atmosphere of a region and so when we get imparted to and so many people have laid hands on me and prayed over me and same for most of you that God has spoken, things have been ignited in your heart through impartation. I believe that we're in a season where things are coming against us, and if we don't have the right perspective on it, we aren't actually walking in the kingdom perspective, we're walking in the natural perspective, and we box the Lord out, and then we wonder why we're stuck. So I want to read to you this scripture. This will be the, the base scripture for where we go today. It's 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. If there were three verses in the Bible that I believe you could spend the rest of your life digesting, it's these three. I know there's lots, right? There's lots of scripture, and I could walk around the room and say, what's your favorite scripture? What are you, what are you gnawing on? What are you chewing on uh, that the Lord's given you? There's, there's some of those verses, but I believe that, that none of us in the room, other than the Lord right now, other, none of us in the room actually can fathom these three verses. And so I, I, I want to bring them to you and I just want to let them rest on us this morning and let them change who we are. Verse 16 says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now there are some scriptures I believe that that are like milk, right? It says there's the milk of the word and the meat of the word. The milk of the word is to encourage you. So, so sometimes we get, a, you hear a sermon and it just lifts you up. And most of the time it's because somebody else has eaten the meat, processed the meat, made some milk, put it out for you and you drink it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Right? I go after it too. I mean, if you're not out there searching for something to sustain you in the Lord, then you're missing him but then there's meat and the meat is here not just to fill you up the meat is here to change who you are to make you grow up so the milk will just keep you looking to someone else the meat will get you to be self-sustaining and following him and so these scriptures i believe i'm going to read two scriptures this today but this first one i believe is meat that we really have to digest and process what this actually means. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So what measure of the kingdom of God, what measure of his glory can you handle? I think that's what this is asking. So the will of God for every person is that they would walk their daily life in the manifest presence of God. That the glory of God would surround them, that they would walk in victory in everything that they do. That's the will of God for every person. Now, I'm not there. I don't know if you are, but I'm not. If you are, we'll talk. 
but I'm not there yet. And, and I think that these give us the key of why. Now, the measure of the glory that we carry is directly relatable to how we process what he's given us as milk and meat. So the meat is going to build this strong foundation to allow him to pour out his glory. If he poured out his manifest presence on us, we would die. Why? Well, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? That means that the, the goal, the focus of God, is that everybody lives in the manifest presence of Jesus all the time. That's the goal. But that all have sinned and fallen short of that goal. Which means we aren't in the manifest presence of the Lord all the time. Are, are you following me? Okay, so why? Because sin distracts us from the goal. And so Jesus came so that we could turn our sin over to him. He takes that and focuses us back on the goal of being in the manifest presence of the Lord all the time. That his glory would surround you in everything you do. That you would walk in the favor of heaven all the time. Now, how does that not work and how does that work? That works because we're focused on him and the things of this world will become strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace, right? That's what the song says. The way it doesn't work is when we want his manifest presence, we try to come into his manifest presence and we try to do it in our mind. Because he's looking all around the earth for hearts that are pointed to him. He's looking for people who are saying, listen, I may be in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm of another kingdom, and this king tells me what to do every single day. So sin causes us to miss the mark. Jesus came to take all of our sin upon himself on the cross so that we could live whole, everything, spirit, body, soul, everything. We could live whole, focused on him, and see his manifest glory in our lives. So what does that look like on a daily basis? That means that, Stephen, you walk in and you lay hands on people and things happen. In the house of God, in, in places all around the earth, there's a manifest presence of the Lord where people come and they just hear the Lord differently or they experience his presence or they sit in the back of a room and they feel his embrace in the middle of worship. Nobody's around. They just feel him. That is hosting the manifest presence of the Lord. And I believe that there are some keys that I want to talk about this morning of how we individually, but whenever I talk about us individually, I also want you to think about that if we all individually carry the presence of God in a way that honors the Father, that the house will. Does that make sense? So I'm speaking to you individually this morning, but I'm speaking as a whole. So his the Father's goal is that Jesus is our guide. And he's leading us back to the Father. And the Holy Spirit is leading us to Jesus. That's, that's the way this thing works. And his presence is all around us and consuming if we allow it to be. Have you ever walked into a room or been somewhere and you leave the venue, whatever that is, and someone says this happened in the venue and you were like, I had no clue. Anybody? Have you ever gone into a place and, and you're like, man, this was the greatest thing, whatever, and you leave and then maybe your spouse says, did you see this happen? Did you hear this? Did you notice this thing happen? And we're like, uh, I don't know. 
I was probably in my nothing box, right? I was, I was just out there. But you know what? There, there's this time when, when we can be in the presence of the Lord, but not even recognize his presence. Because we were in here this morning working on some sound stuff, and, and as I was holding the iPad and working on the faders and changing some things and EQing things, I was like, Lord, would you do this to my heart this morning? Would you calibrate, would you tune my heart so that I don't miss you when you're here? Would you tune my heart so that I don't miss when you want to touch someone, when you want to hear what, what is in my heart, you want that to be released. But there's a process to it. It doesn't just happen. I can't just impart this to you. What happens is we get in the presence of God and we can't handle it. I don't know if anybody's ever been there. Get in the presence of God, can't handle it. Some people fall down. That's fine. But here's the thing. We get in the presence of God, we can't handle it. And what God does in those moments is he reveals junk in our lives. Maybe you're in a situation in your life where you're like, God, why am I in this horrible situation? I've had massive numbers of conversations this month of people that are just dealing with nonsense of this world. And my question is, what is your heart position as you, as you look at that situation? What is your heart position? Your mind position can be declaring all the things, but if your heart is not in alignment with the kingdom, then you're going to miss what he has to say to you. And so you may be dealing with work issues, you may be dealing with health issues, you may be dealing with things. And, and my question is, are you actually thanking the Lord that you're in that situation? And I'm not saying thank the Lord for the situation because those things don't come from the Lord, okay? But, but are you saying, listen, I'm in this horrible situation. It seems like the world is ending in my life. Are you saying, thank you, Lord, that I have an opportunity for you to pull something out of me that wasn't, that wasn't of you, that then once I release that thing, I can hold more of your glory. So I don't know a lot about weightlifting, as you can see. But what I do know is if I lift a one pound weight a hundred times, it doesn't do much for me. But if I lift a weight that I can barely lift and I get it up the third time and I can barely do it, it's that last one that produces the greater effect, right? So I think sometimes we actually want the life of lifting the one pound weight all the time because it makes us feel good that we're doing activity, but it's not actually affecting our lives. That'll roll through the room in a minute. That, that we can, we say, oh yeah, we want to do this, we want to do this, we want to do this, but we're lifting a one pound weight and it's not really building anything. It just makes us feel better that we're sweaty. Right? So what the Lord, what I believe the Lord wants to do is he's laying hands on houses and he's laying hands on people is he's going to reveal things in us that he wants to remove so that we can lift more weight and we can produce a better platform for him to rest on. Are you with me? So it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. His will is that we would never miss a mark, that we could walk in his presence all the time. But this formula of rejoicing always is sort of sometimes hard. Because whenever something happens to me, oftentimes my first response isn't to rejoice. Again, if that's you, I want to talk to you. But sometimes it's like, 
this thing comes against this this horrible thing happens or this negative thing happens to me and my first response is not yes lord thank you that i can grow through this situation but my assessment is that the houses and the people that god lays his hand on that becomes one of the top two you may still have some flesh in there but as you process and as you grow in the lord he works out that stuff now he doesn't ever bring this up and and i want you to know that if if something negative is dug out of your life in a moment and there's shame and guilt attached to it that's not the lord he will never pull something out of your life that's ugly so that you feel shame and guilt that's not who he is that's the enemy so now you've got a grid if if something gets pulled out uh you know i was a real pain or i was arrogant or i was in this situation you're not surprising god right he knew you were that way and in this moment in this moment in this situation i was dealing with situation just to bring it to real real time i was dealing with situation in which i had a desire and i was willing to give a lot for that to happen but there were other people in the conversation that did not want that to happen so I was frustrated and I actually tried to make it happen that hurts a lot of people that hurts a lot of people and so I was arrogant in what I was going to try to accomplish and the Lord brought me back to listen this situation that you're in the enemy could have brought it up it doesn't matter but you're in this situation so that I could show you there's this arrogance in you that wants to accomplish something that may be faster than what I want to accomplish. I, I, I want to reveal this arrogance in you in this moment. And I'm like, Lord, well, I confess that I was arrogant in that moment. And, and I know I hear the Lord differently and you probably all process him differently, but he's sort of sarcastic to me. And he's like, yeah, I already knew that. I knew you were arrogant. And in this situation, I was... I allowed you to see that in a full-on just big screen TV right in in my life but I didn't reveal this to you you didn't come upon this because you're so good that's just more arrogance you came upon this because I want to pull that arrogance out of you and so there wasn't shame in that conversation are you with me like when he pulls something out of us and he reveals it he reveals it because he's already healed it we just have to walk in the healing so when you're seeing truth for the first time some of you in the room you've been believers for 70 years god bless you he's going to kiss you as you read the word and he's going to reveal things that have been buried for a long time for those of you who are new to the lord in this room you haven't walked with him for too long guess what he's going to kiss you and he's going to reveal things to you not to shame you not to harm you he's going to reveal it to you because he wants to cultivate in you something that can hold his weighty presence more that when you when you got when you have a good foundation and you've got to focus on him because the weight is getting heavier it's because he wants to reveal things to you and he says i want to change your attitude so there's this this verse that just i don't know some more meat are you good with meat this morning turn with me to first timothy four first timothy four verse one 
Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Let's pause. Let's get the perspective. Paul's writing to a son and a body of believers that he wants to instruct in the way of understanding of what God really wants for them. So that's what this is written for. He's, he's trying to speak into their life in that moment and the believers in that time are having a hard time because they're going from place to place. They're meeting with people. Hint for the body of Christ. We can't do it if we're just in our own home. We have to do it because we're out with people and we're, and we're doing this. But the believers were having a hard time because as they were out with people, they would sit down at their house and the food that they would give them to eat was unclean according to the word. So they were struggling. They were like, okay, we can't do this. We're in turmoil because we believe the word and the commandments of the word. But when we sit down to eat, th this meat has been offered to idols. How can we do this? And it says here that in the last days, some will depart from the faith. So these are believers that have walked away from following Jesus and they've created their own line of rules. And those rules were so that if you perform these rules, you'll be right in the sight of God. And to me, we see it all over. If you do this, you'll be right with God. The thing is, Jesus died on the cross so that I was right with him and you were right with him. It's not about your performance. And so in the last days, there'll be these people that have said, yeah, I really don't want Jesus. I want these rules to make me feel good about getting there. And so they're struggling with this. As a church, they're, they're, they're wrestling with this. They're saying, I, we got to figure out. And it says they were, they were deceived by spirits. They were deceived by demons. They were speaking lies of hypocrisy. They, they had their conscience seared with a hot iron. They said, you can't get married. They said all these things. Verse 4. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So he's saying, if you enter in this place and you know that this thing, according to the law, is bad, and these people are trying to derail your destiny, they're trying to do something to harm you, they're trying to do something to take you away from Jesus, if you give thanks, that thing that was meant to derail you will actually work out for your good, and you'll walk through it. I'm going to repeat that. Some of you in the room feel like the enemy has served you a meal that you can't eat. He's put situations in your life that you can't overcome. And so in that, what happens is we have this ability to see in a very small and finite way his will for our lives. And so we say, this is it. This is it. Okay? And so, so let's read this again. It says, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused 
if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer so I can receive this thing that the world would say is unclean and I can receive this situation in my life maybe the boss has been a complete jerk and and is is making your life miserable on the job maybe maybe the situations in your life have been so crazy that it's just not working out for you you can actually receive that with thankfulness to the Lord and see fruit come out of it that will sustain you and will build the muscle so that you can host more of the presence of God so we have this ability I believe that it shows us in the scripture that we have this ability that when we see things that are not of the Lord, we see things that are coming against us that we say are wrong, it is time to reevaluate our heart and focus our heart on the one and say, listen, Jesus, I'm in this situation. It's not of you. I know that. But I am going to give thanks anyway. Because there's something that you want to either pull out of me or something that you want to feed me that I know not of at this moment. And you want to talk about believers who will last in the final days when the world is getting tighter and harder and things are happening. The, the people that the world out there look to are the people that have hope. And the people that have hope, I have found, are the people that are most thankful and gracious for the gift of God. And so if we're asking him to come and rest on a house, if we're asking him to come and rest on our lives, our focus has to be in the direction of thanking him no matter what the world looks like. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. We spend a lot of time, a lot of time as pastors, as, as leaders, we spend a lot of time helping people try to figure out the will of God for their life. You get the teenagers and they're trying to figure out direction. I had an, an awesome conversation this week with someone, a teenager, and it's like, so what, what are you feeling led to do? What do you think God's going to lead you to? And I don't know. We'll figure out before you start paying the bill. But... But we, we say, oh, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to be a veterinarian. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I believe that that's the will of God for your life. And I believe that that will come. But this is the will of God for your life. This right here. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we spend a lot of time trying to figure out what am I called to do? What's the will of God for my life? What's the will of God for my family? What's the will of God for our church? What's the will of God? You know what? In everything, give thanks. That's the will of God. In everything, whether it looks good, looks bad, give thanks. Because he either wants to pull something out of you or he wants to encourage you. Pray without ceasing. It, it says rejoice always, and that means always. There's no fancy translation for that one. That means all the time give thanks and then he says pray without ceasing that means it never stops there's no interesting translation of that one either that means forever and in everything give thanks now I know like I said my heart isn't number one in this moment in this I've got to grow but as I grow what's happening is is that thankfulness begins to creep into that top top five reactions top five yeah it starts to come in that way and and 
Now, here's what, it, here's what it's going to do for you. Thankfulness is not something in our mind. We can actually think and be thankful. But the Lord is looking for hearts that are thankful. And so, so what, what a thankful heart actually does is it takes the focus off of the situation and points it back to the one that deserves the thanks and the honor and the glory. And so we can be in all kinds of craziness and we can be praying good prayers. Lord, show me. Lord, we want this whole city to come to know Jesus. Lord, we want all this stuff. We can pray big prayers. And I believe that that's all honorable. But what I think the Lord wants us to do is say, pray those big prayers, but then come back and say, thankfulness is actually going to make those prayers specific. So this is what I mean. I can lay hands on you and I can pray. Or I could just say to the whole room, everybody... Father, everybody in the room that's sick right now, would you just touch their bodies and heal them? And I believe he would heal some people. I really do. But, but what I've seen the best, the best is when my heart is focused on the Lord and I'm thankful that we're even in this room this morning and I'm thankful that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords and I express that thanks to him and then he says there's somebody in the room that's dealing with this. And then we pray for that specific thing and it goes like that. So that is what a thankful heart does in our lives. So some of you are dealing with some horrible, just crazy things. But when you take your heart and you say, I am intentionally going to focus on honoring and thanking the one who is and who is to come. And I'm going to honor Jesus in all that I do and all that I say. And I'm going to have a heart focus of thankfulness to him. It makes us potent. It makes our prayers just so specific, Pastor Sean. It makes them so specific that, that they, they happen. And so you may be saying this morning, listen, I, I pray and I haven't seen any answers to prayer in this situation. My question for you is this, with no condemnation, with no guilt or shame, are you thankful that you're even in the situation? Are you thankful that you're even in that place? Because until you become thankful about the situation... You can't pray effectively. If, if your whole focus is, this is wrong, it's against me, I'm, I'm just this, this person who shouldn't have to deal with this stuff, and that's declaring good things from the Word of God, but your heart is, this is against me, then where's your focus? And so you won't see breakthrough in that situation because your focus is on you when actually he's saying, listen, this thing has come into your life. It's a test to see if you're going to be able to carry my glory. It may be a one pound weight for you this morning. It may be a thousand pound weight. But what he's looking for are people that are going to say, my foundation is on thankfulness to the one who took my sin who took my shame, who took my guilt, and I'm thankful that I'm even alive today. I'm thankful that I can even be on the earth today because if it wasn't for him, I'm sure some of us wouldn't even be here today. And so when we change our focus and our gaze away from the poor me attitude and the complaining attitude and focus on the thankful heart of who he is and what he's done, we're probably going to continue to go around the mountain. 
and see the same thing happen. It, it's, I'm going to step in and I, I'll probably hear about it later, but if, if, if you're out there just bouncing from place to place, oftentimes, and this is in marriages, this is in churches, so I'm going to step on a lot, I understand. But if you're bouncing from place to place and you can't find any hope and you can't find anything and you're just trying to make yourself feel better and so I'm going to ditch this marriage for another one or I'm going to do this or that or whatever and I'm saying this in all grace, I'm going to leave this church to go find this church because I need this thing that's going to fulfill me, then your focus is not a thankful heart that you're even in the seeking after the one. And so we have a transient church, even in this region, we have a transient church that goes around to hear a great word every week and the worship has to be this way and the pastor has to dress this way. Sorry, y'all. And, 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 and all this stuff has to come into alignment or I can't hear the Lord. There are people. Maybe you're in the room today and I'm not coming at you hard. I'm just trying to say this is truth. If you're searching for a church to fulfill your needs, then you've got the wrong perspective. And I can probably go back with you and sit down and find out that your heart is more focused on you than it is on thankfulness to the Lord that you're even alive this morning. And so the maturity that is coming to the church, I believe this with everything in me and I pray it's for you. The maturity that's coming to the church is we see situations that seem like they're going to crush us. And in those situations that seem like they're going to crush us, we focus to the one. We say, Jesus, I am so thankful that you're my Savior. That my sin was taken upon you and nailed to the cross. And you went to the grave and you took the keys of death and hell and you were raised again to walk upon the earth to then ascend to the right hand and sit down. You're done. And I'm thankful that because of that, I now have grace upon me that I can walk through any situation and know that you're with me. I remember, see, see the Lord, and I don't know why I'm on this topic, but I think it's, it's something for the body. Not just this body, but the body. I remember... Um, when I met the Holy Spirit, I was, in a, I was in a Baptist church and nothing against any of that, and I want you to hear my heart. But this hunger started inside of me to, to just get more of the Lord, more of the Lord, more of the Lord. I wanted to carry more of his presence. I, wanted to, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I, I got all this stuff, and I was, I was struggling to even enter church. And I've talked to the pastor about this, so I'm not blowing anything out. But I struggled to even go in because I felt like there was more. And I began to have a poor me party. Nobody in here has ever done that. And so I began to say, Lord, like, this is horrible. This is horrible. This is horrible. Like, I just want to go where I know there's more of the Lord. And I want to pick the church I want to go to. And the scripture says that he takes the solitary and he puts them in a family. You realize that you're a part of a family that needs your gift. You're a part of a family that will not function correctly if you're not there. We have a huge problem in our society about not having fathers in the home. And we see the problem manifest over and over and over because we aren't willing to deal with this situation. If you're not a part of the family, the family's at a deficit. 
if you aren't plugged in and called to a body of believers and you plug in and you learn the culture and you're like, listen, I may not agree with this, but I know that I'm called to be here, then plug in and be here and become a part of the family. If you're out there searching, it's not about your preference. So I was in that place and it wasn't my preference and I I kept crying out to the Lord and, and it was this poor me thing. Poor me thing, poor me thing. And again, nobody's ever done that in the room. And, and, and I was like, Lord, I, I feel like I'm not getting what you want me to get. But here's what he was doing. And I know, I know this without a doubt. What he was doing was he was pulling insecurity out of me. He was revealing frustration in my heart and he was pulling it out of me. And through that time, a long time through that time there were things that he was pulling out of me that I had to surrender and confess to him and he's like I knew that but when I actually came to the point of saying I'm done it's not about me I'm just thankful that I met the Holy Spirit I am thankful that you speak to me I am thankful that the word comes alive when I open it up I'm thankful when I did that guess what he put me in the, a place that not only I excelled but look where we are today and so my, my heart for you is this. If, if you're in a place that doesn't seem to be changing, you're in a situation that doesn't seem to be changing, I ask you to do this this week. Don't let it go. Sometimes we hear sermons and maybe you hear it on the online or you hear it here or where, wherever you're hearing a sermon and then we just tuck it away and then we never do anything about it. I'm asking you this week to take action in your life and that is this. If there's a situation in your life that hasn't changed and you're frustrated with it, would you take a step back from the situation and would you say, Lord, what do you want to reveal in my heart that needs to change what in my heart needs to change so that when I encounter this situation on Monday I will see it from your perspective and anything that you reveal to me in this process my commitment to you as my savior as my lord remember he took all your junk so he already knows it okay he took all your junk upon the cross before you were ever thought of and he he dealt defeat to the enemy so he already knows it so when you bring it up in my life what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that back to the cross and I'm going to say I'm leaving I'm leaving this pride this arrogance whatever it is I'm leaving it here and then I'm going to step back whole and I'm going to look at this situation again with a grateful heart with a thankful heart that you have taken that thing from me so that I'm not plagued with it anymore and I'm going to see this situation as you see this situation and maybe, just maybe, he wants to take you through that situation because everything that you desire is on the other side of adversity. Everything that you've ever wanted for your walk with Jesus is on the other side of some trial. And the reason is, is because what you desire is often more than you can handle. So you have to go through the adversity to learn how to root these things up in your life, to give them over to the Lord, and then allow Him to take them so that you can grow stronger as a foundation so that you can actually bear the weight of His glory. See, some people are asking for revival. They're asking for renewal. They're asking for hundreds of people to come to this church. Listen, what I want is I want the foundation of this house, the foundation of every person sitting in this room and watching online. I want the foundation of everyone to be so strong that you host the glory 
in greater measure every single day so that when you're in the world, those things of the world become strangely dim. So Paul was telling his church, this stuff that you see in the earthly realm that was sent to kill you will actually sustain you and accelerate you. What is it? Would you stand with me this morning? What is it in your life this morning? What is it in your walk with the Lord this morning? What is it that is distracting you from the real thing? And the real thing is honestly working on yourself, allowing the Lord to till up the soil of your heart so that you become fruitful. What is it? What is it? What is, what is the thing that has been plaguing you, that has been upon you, that has been interrupting you from your walk with Him? We all have things in the room. As they sing some worship this morning, would you humble yourselves enough to ask the Lord, reveal to me the things that have come against me that I've allowed to stop me from being thankful for who you are. And one thing I know about the Lord, he's so gracious that when we ask and we seek and knock, he always opens the door. And when we, we ask and seek and knock for something that will accelerate our, our ministry with him, our mission with him, will let us hold more of his glory, he's more than eager to reveal it to us. If that's you this morning and you want to come and lay it down here, come lay it down at the altar. Don't take it back with you. In the soil I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. So I yield to you to your careful hand when I trust you I don't need to understand so make me a vessel make me an offering make me whatever you want me to be I came
Father, today, we sense your heart. That you're not revealing things in our lives to shame us or to hurt us in any way. You're revealing things in our lives so that we can carry more of your glory when we repent and confess. Come have your way in our hearts transform our minds and renew us to what you're calling us to see, to do, to be. Lord, build big foundations for big people in the kingdom. Strong foundations that can weather the storms of this world with a thankful heart. And show us, show us every aspect and how you see us and not how we see ourselves. We worship you. We say thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for ascending to the right hand of the Father so that we have someone who speaks on our behalf. We hunger and thirst for your righteousness. Come into our lives and change us. In Jesus' name, amen.